This, this is Brock and Saul. Brock Heward and Mark, Matt, Marcus. Sorry about just Mike. Mike. On Seattle Sports. Power through the Alaska Airlines studio. Heward, not exactly Joe Cap there in the pocket. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. <laughs> I like a lot of our coworkers, bro. We have some funny people who work around here. You know who makes me laugh almost every day is G. Scott. Mm-hmm. <laughs> almost every day. Uh, just got a text, Brock. Maybe you got it as well from one boy, Howdy. Oh, yeah. Who says, oh, I missed that game. Good show today. Yeah, you miss it because you made me swear on the air one day, Howdy. How yeah. dare you? How dare you? Yeah, more than Justin. There was nothing. He came back. Saul could not stand more than losing it. anything <laughs> to boy, Howdy. It's true. Anything. So true. Even when Boy Howdy broke a bone in his hands <laughs> on the golf course out there at Druids. I think I broke a bone in my wrist. You think, what? Yeah, I just hit a root. Yeah. I think I broke a bone in my wrist, but did Howdy quit? Heck no, he didn't quit. Yeah. He wanted to beat Salk with every fiber of his body, and Salk <laughs> wanted to beat him with every fiber. <laughs> there is no, body. like, not everybody brings that out of me either, no. Brock. Like, uh-huh. I mean, you've got Damon to, to mm-hmm. be the guy that no matter what, like, you yeah. will go to war yep. against Damon. I don't yes. have a ton of people like that in my nope. life. Just Howdy. Just Howdy. Howdy's like the <laughs> one person that brings up my competitive juices, and I'm going to have to beat him. Yeah. I've told you before, like, one of my best friends in high school was better than everybody at everything right uh-huh. like my friend was 1600 like dane looker like, huh? dane, like dane dane you know didn't matter ping, ping pong racquetball golf was dane also brilliant um yes sure <laughs> sure yes <laughs> sure yeah, yeah, yeah he was also yeah, uh, yeah brilliant. brilliant enough sure yeah yes. i mean my friend was like 1600 sat oh. straight a's oh. Tons of girls, Whoa. captain of the football team, captain of the basketball team. Jeez. God, he's such a jerk. You could never beat him. Yes. Couldn't beat him in anything. Yeah. Like, it literally could never beat him in anything. <laughs> it didn't matter what it was. If I ever found something to beat him in, I think mm. I would have participated in that activity till the end of time. I probably could have beaten him in ping pong. That's you, the one thing I probably Are you equating this person in. to Howdy now? Is that where we're going with this? No, they're, yeah. they're the only. No, because Howdy, same no. thing. 1600 SAT. <laughs> gorgeous, <laughs> good looking. <laughs> can sing, can dance. Can I felt like I could beat Howdy occasionally and stuff. So, you know, he and I would actually be a fair fight as opposed to my high school friend. You I had no play chance me some against. Sound, you said, what do you want to play? You want to play me more grub? What do you got? What do you got? You want to play me Wyman? We're bouncing around between a little football. A little We're going to come back to baseball at 930. So, no, I'm not going to play you. Uh, I'm not going to play you any uh, any any baseball right now. We'll come back to that. Uh, I do want to talk through this Ryan Grubb sound that we've played a couple of times today, but he's he's going through the offense and saying, hey, there's a lot here. This was yesterday with uh, with Bump and Stacy. Great interview they did yesterday, by the way. And he says, yeah, there's some similarities between what we had receiver wise at Washington and what I'm coming into here in Seattle. There's no question when I was looking at, you know, who is here and, and the tools that are here at uh, Seattle, I thought that there was a lot of familiarity and what would be able to be applicable in the system. So, and I do, I think 11 here looks a little bit like 11 there. You know, those are good option route runners, guys that if you can get somebody flat-footed or a nickel or safety on those guys, they can highlight their skills. And then you got the big-bodied X and DK and Rome. And, um, but still, I think that's the thing that was amazing about Rome. And, I, and when I watch DK, I think the same thing. is like these guys are not just nine runners. These guys are crossing route. They're middle field open. They're sitting in zones. They're really versatile for big guys. And then you got the experienced route runner in the Z. Lockett can do all those things. I mean, you can move that guy about anywhere. So if you are if you are Ryan Grubbrock and you're coming into this into this roster, mm-hmm. are you looking at these three guys and saying, "All right, 
this is this is exactly what I'm familiar with. I'm going to try to make it look very similar to what I did last year. I don't necessarily think that because I think he's going to make it look and in, in, in everything's going to start with your ability to, to play at the line of scrimmage. I mean, I think that's why he was hired, right? When when we talked about the whole head coaching process, mm-hmm. I said to you that that game in Baltimore in early November left a mark, and it did. It did. John Schneider has gone on to say further that it was actually his work in, in Michigan that he first noticed as he scouted and he's looking at players and they've drafted Michigan players and they looked at them all and, oh my gosh, this, this young whippersnapper D coordinator has done a pretty good job uh, beating Ohio State, you know, that, that first year. And then he goes back to the NFL. So that's when he got on John's radar. Mm-hmm. But there's no question to me that November 5th made a mark, a lasting mark, with the way they just physically humiliated the Seahawks. And uh, and I say all of that, that that mattered. And I think with Ryan Grubb, the fact that he has an O-line background, did I think Bump and Stacey asked him about some of that yesterday as well. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, how big of a role did that play? And if you're Ryan Grubb, man, you wear that proudly. Absolutely does. And this will start at the line of scrimmage. These two young tackles we got, is that too dissimilar than Fautanu and Roger Rosengarten? Not really. Like, if you got two elite tackles, Salk, that's a great place to start. Two good, very good tackles in the NFL and certainly when healthy. I think both Abe and Charles are very good tackles. Rosengarten and Fautanu were dominant tackles. And with that comes a bunch of different scheme. And and then we got to, you know, make things work. As Big Ray said to us yesterday, they weren't the biggest, the baddest O-line, but they were the Joe Moore Award winners. I mean, as proud as you are about right. everything and Penix being second in the Heisman and Roma Dunze right there in the Blitnikoff and all these individual awards, you know what else they were? Number one O-line in college football. They won the Joe Moore Award for the first time ever. Yeah. So I think most of it will start, honestly, at the line of scrimmage with that group. If Ryan Grubb does come into these three receivers and nothing changes with them, how much how much better do you think he could utilize their services than mm-hmm. what we saw last year with Shane Waldron? Well, there will be it will be harder for him. It really will. You know, the the space on the field creates a different game. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the equivalent would be to 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 the other sports. You know, it, I, I don't know. Like, in it, it'd probably be quite honestly like a ba- basketball probably be the easiest because I can't imagine like fifty five foot bases or seventy foot. I mean, those would be extreme. But if you took a basketball court, right, and you took a the, that five on five and all of a sudden, you know, you play on an NBA size court and then you go to a high school court, it feels different. It's going to, you know, spacing with those hash marks makes right. it different. You could create a lot of one-on-ones with Roma Dunze. You could do a lot of formation into the boundary. You could do a lot of things that create different space in the college game. That will be a little, that'll be a little tricky for him to get used to this NFL game where you don't have a short side of the field and a wide side of the field, right? Those hash marks are right there and it is, uniform so your ability to get a one-on-one for roman now he'll still do it i think he will still be creative i think we will see a lot of pre-snap motion i think we will see you know you know cleaning the picture up for that quarterback and for the entire group and yeah naturally you know jackson's an elite slot receiver he had one at washington too you an elite route runner in in locker that can do everything so there's a lot of clay here for ryan grubb to mold definitely some of the appeal for him coming back to seattle do you think you're gonna be a good offense were they a good offense last year? No. Are you sure? Yes. I mean, by the metrics, they were pretty good. I mean, I watched them play. They were okay. By the metrics and by the numbers and by the analytics, they were they were pretty good in a bunch of spots. They were certainly better than their defense was. They were in just okay. Just about every measurement. Yeah, they were okay. 
Did you like him in the fourth quarter? Did you like Geno, you know, kind of be clutch and yes. when, when, when it matters? I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. But I thought their offense was okay. I didn't yeah. think it was great. It was good. It was, it was not okay. great. It was good. It was okay to good. Yeah. It was okay to good. The, the line of scrimmage was a disaster. The, the fact that you were near the bottom of the league and running the football. Brock, the line we, of scrimmage has been a disaster for like 10 years. You can't really argue that. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm trying to think about how far back we've been talking <laughs> yep, about the line really of scrimmage on offense being a yep. disaster. And it's been the better part of a decade. It's been since like 2016, mm-hmm. 15, somewhere in that range. I mean, it's been a really long time. Really, since we've been Max talking Humber. about it. Yeah, since Max left. It, it's been okay. Yeah, since Max progress. left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When was that? 2016, 17, yeah, something right like that? Yep, okay, right so right seven years? Yeah. That's a long time. To have your offensive line be as problematic as it's been. It also coincides with the end of their real contention for championships. Mm -hmm. When their offensive line stopped being great, they stopped being contenders. Yeah, I do think Russell presented somewhat of a challenge to some of this. Because that Denver line also saw the last two years been a total mess. It sacked 50 times. And some of that was Russell's game and the way that he played. And some of the burden that he put on that O-line with holding the ball, extending plays, creating you know, some of the wonderful trade-offs that came from it huge plays but there wasn't a real efficient consistency so i think that that marred or challenged some of you know uh, some of those old lines and some of the personnel through the years but yeah yeah it has been a it has been a problematic group Hmm. and yet another reason why if you're mike mcdonald if you're john schneider the great appeal for ryan grubb and bringing along scott huff is these guys got a very clear picture of what this should look like this is not a coordinator that's trying to find an O-line coach, trying to be married together. Nope. These two were at the hip the last couple of years. They work great together. There's some good cop. There's some bad cop. Ryan's a pretty intense dude. Huff is a very connective, relational guy. As you listen to Roger Rosengarten and those others talk about him, and I know some of the others absolutely loved him. And, and he recruited incredibly well, and he built those guys up. And so if you're going to remedy what has been, as you said, a, a, a challenge area now for almost a decade, out of all the coordinators you could have hired, I'm not going to say this is a home run or a slam dunk, and there's going to be some learning curve to climb, but the fact that you bring a package deal of a former O-line coach with an O-line coach with that background <laughs> at least gives you an opportunity to transform that group. Just love it. Great stuff and such fun conversation kind of heading into this period of free agency and the draft and just watching this team remake itself into what it's going to look like here for the next couple of years. All right. We'll give you guys everything you need to know coming up next. The Mariners all got together and worked out for the first time as an entire team yesterday. The latest from Peoria coming up next on Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. The Mariners did officially get together yesterday, Brock, for their first workout as a complete roster. Great to see and just good to see baseball back and out there doing their thing. And a good reminder of despite some of the shortcomings they have, some of the real talent that they also have on this team. And they do. They do have a legitimate pitching staff. And that is a group that is as good as any in the league. And it's led by Luis Castillo. I'm here to tell you, I firmly believe he will be the opening day starter. I know Shannon wrote, uh, you know, George Kirby would probably like that role at some point. And certainly Scott was elevating Logan Gilbert in terms of who he is as a leader in this squad. And Luis is still the man. And mm-hmm. we had Dan Simborski on yesterday from uh, Fangraphs, and he said, yeah, he's not just the man. He's one of the best in the league. They're deep there. They have a really good high end with Luis Castillo. 
He's probably the Zips' favorite to win the AL Cy Young, so that's that's a thing. Uh, but, you know, the, the offense has continually been in a state of flux. Uh, they pull off a lot of trades, uh, patch things up here and there, but it's not going to be a top-notch offense. Move a lot of pieces around, make a, dent, a bunch of different acquisitions, hope that a Luke Rayleigh, hope that a Jorge Polanco, mm-hmm. hope that some of these guys, Mitch Haniger, can stay healthy. But there is no question about the clear identity of this team, what they hang their hat on. It is the Brian Woos, it is the Bryce Millers, the Logan Gilberts, the George Kirby's, and yes, the projected Zips favorite for the American League Cy Young, ahead of Garrett Cole and others, is your very own Luis Castillo. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, in the meantime, the offensive side of it is still going to be built around Julio Rodriguez, and he hopes to be better this year than last. You heard about it. Like, I wasn't happy with it. You know, I feel like a lot of people can say, Oh, like he was, like you said, like he was fourth in MVP. Like he, he did this, he did that. How can he not be happy? But like you said too, I feel like there was a lot of moments that I feel like I should have done better. Like I could have done better, and like I know my ability, I know what I want for myself. God, when you hear him talk like that, and mm-hmm. then you hear him say in the other cut about a sophomore slump and this and that, yep. I, I just, I every time I hear Julio talk like that, I think of the Kevin Mather comment that he. That yeah. he doesn't speak good English. Yeah, every and I, time I'm like, it, it blows me away how ridiculous yeah. that is. Every time I hear him talk, you understand why they made the ten year commitment. Yes, it's it's a, you couldn't be more accurate with that. And then, Thank oh you. by the way, when you watch, I, I was just dropping the mic, you could have gone to the next. Need to well, I didn't even think. Again. Yeah, I didn't realize that was the plan. And I kind of yeah. dropped. It All right. Well, thanks for thanks for doing You're that. Welcome. Thanks for the Push. mic drop. Here's the second thing. I, mean, I guess next you time I need just... to know. Like literally drop my mic. Please don't, actually. <laughs> if you just didn't do that. Uh, Ryan Grubb spoke yesterday with our own Bump and Stacy. Great interview. And you should, should we go. feel threatened? Why? I mean, they've had Durday. They've had Grubb. They have McDonald first. Should we start to feel threatened? No. I mean, is there some writing on the wall here? Should we read into something? McDonald's I mean, first. I hadn't thought about that until now. Durday. Uh, should we throw down or something? Like, what do you want to do about it? No, I mean, just the reality. I mean, let's just call the facts facts. Those gentlemen all want to join them first. I don't blame them. I'd want to join them, too. They do a great job with these interviews, and they did an awesome job with yesterday's uh, Ryan Grubb speaking about some of the changes that he will need to make in order to go from the college ranks to the pros. There's you know less opportunity for you to just severely expose somebody defensively because there's so many good football players in the league. So I think you got to find other ways to expose the defense, You know whether it's leverage or numbers or whatever it is. But I think the mismatch piece is far less likely in the NFL than in his college. Can he expose NFL defenses? A lot harder to do that. And he went on further to say there's also less possessions. There's less plays. That clock moves. Now, there were some changes in college football that, that, you know, the clock didn't stop after every first down, but the games are still three and a half hours long. There's still 13 possessions. There's still 75 to 80 plays. The NFL game, there are a lot of them last year. You get eight possessions, nine possessions, and you better maximize each and every one of those. Here's the third thing you need to know. They also uh, have made a lot of changes on the staff, obviously, and they've been hiring guys. It feels like a few every day. Some of the new names, Mac Brown was a Jets assistant. He's going to be the tight ends coach. Jeff Howard is going to be a defensive backs coach. Mm-hmm. Nick Perry is going to be a wide receiver coach. I don't know that anybody knows these yeah. names, but it does strike me that it's a bunch of guys without a lot of experience. 
Is that a good thing? Is that a concern? Where do you stand on well, that? Well, I would say, actually, they've got a bunch of experience. I mean, they've been a bunch of different places. They're still young uh, and on the younger scale. So that I would I would. I guess what I mean is experience in their current positions. All, gotcha. It seems like all these guys are getting promoted up into new positions. A little positions. bit. Yeah, a little bit. Or, you know, a little different position. And, you know, there's got to be something of that growth mindset, you know, that, that as they've interviewed all of these different guys, you know that that is front and center, that you're just not stuck in your ways, and this is the way we're going to do it and the way we're going to be. And Verde has certainly, you know, spoken to a bunch of that, as has Mike McDonald. And, yeah, I just, I actually look at so many. If you took these 17 guys, I think Bob Condota added them all up, and it's been hard to track and follow. But, Salk, if you took the 17 guys, kind of like we did with the whole get to know your Mariners, and you looked at the number of different places and stops mm-hmm. all of these men have been. That's the life. It is extraordinary. Yeah, that's the extraordinary. Life. And you know it. I mean, that's what Luke lives, and, yes. and you know it. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And we only see the ones at the very top, right? And we just spend so much time talking about the guys at the very top. And Mike McDonald's, you know, six year, probably, I don't know what it ended up being, $70 million deal. And that's awesome. Yeah. But then you realize so many of the numbers of guys that just go from spot, 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 constantly, constantly changing. So there are a lot of different organizations that on the resume for many of these assistants. Speaking of that money, uh, I know that uh, the poor college football teams are out there begging and, you know, asking people to give to their funds because it's so sad. They're like uh, those poor puppy dogs and the Sarah McLaughlin commercials, Mm -hmm. ASPC. Like they're just, it's a rough go for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thankfully, Paul Feinbaum is here to tell you that yesterday was a good day for, uh, well, for the SEC. I mean, college football. Finally, a good day for college football. There have been so many bad ones lately, but the idea that college football has finally gotten its act together is reason to celebrate. There are still flaws with the system. There are always going to be flaws when you allow committees to choose. The fact that Notre Dame could be the number one team in the country and be seated fifth, that's a problem. But for the most part, seven at-larges is a very good day because conferences like the SEC, the Big Ten, can get more than that one, maybe two that we've seen occasionally, especially from the SEC and the Big Ten. No, so good news. The SEC SEC can get more. The SEC and the Big Ten. The SEC and the Big Ten. The SEC and the Big Ten. And also, please send your donations because they're hurting. That is everything you need to know. It's poor schools. It's going to be so sad. For just $7 a day, Brock, you could feed... One Tennessee volunteer. Your donation today. Is this what they played at the bar on the jukebox, Mora, where you said enough's enough? Turn this off? Yeah, it was similar. This was the song. Imagine rocking this in a bar. You go up to the jukebox, like, guys, I got a jam for you. (laughs) Everybody starts singing along. I got a better idea. I'm going to add this. I'm going to add this to my playlist on Friday for the young baseball players when they come over. We'll get the juices flowing. Yeah, we're going to go from Thunderstruck to this. Teach you how to stay focused, kids. Yeah. Bring out some starving animals. Wall sits. On the wall. We're going to play Sarah McLaughlin on the wall. Three and a half minutes. This song is. Do these wall sits. Fight it out. You're going to be out there begging for Just money. the opposite of get the water moving. Oh, man. All right. Let's come right back. Mariners baseball uh, is in the crosshairs, Brock. And uh, the market is a changing. Did the Mariners get this right? That's next. I'm Brock and Salk. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app.
right, we got a good ranks coming up in 15 minutes, Brock, before we get there. It was great seeing the whole Mariner squad out there in action yesterday. And, you know, I did mention in uh, when we were ranking yesterday that we kind of went through like, okay, who are you most excited to see? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting when you when you start naming guys, like there's a lot of guys on this team that I'm kind of excited to go see when we get down there. They do have this ridiculous rotation. Love the conversation with Brian Wu today. If you guys missed it, it'll be up on the podcast page and we'll send out some YouTube links, et cetera, a little bit later. But he was awesome and he's their fifth starter. We mm-hmm. talked to Bryce Miller last week and he's great. And then you got the top three guys and then you got Julio. And I'm excited to see what Polanco brings and Mitch Garver bring. Like, there's some really interesting pieces and you can start getting yourself really talked into some excitement about where the team is at and what they're going to be doing and how they've maybe improved in a couple of different ways and some new, 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 new faces. And then you can start getting yourself real frustrated again with why given that nucleus, they don't have a better answer in your four corner positions, right? I mean, really, right now, first, third, left, and right are all question marks or vulnerabilities in some way. First base, you probably know the most about, but is Ty France going to actually be better this year after so going to driveline? Added three and a half miles an hour. I love to that swing. I love that. And of yeah. of the four positions that I'm talking about, that's probably the one I feel best about today. I feel best about Ty France and his ability to do that mm-hmm. um, because I. I, I, we've seen him do some of it before. He's been a major league all-star. That's he right. put together half of a season where he was a major league baseball all-star. Yeah. And that's not like the NFL pro bowl where you can just fall into it. And just about everybody is a pro bowler because everybody turns down that opportunity. He had a stretch there in the first mm-hmm. half of that season that he was a legitimate major league all-star. Yeah, And it was coming off a stretch the season before where he was really good as well. So we've seen it. And I, I do believe that in better shape, he will be significantly better. So, all right, let's even take first base out of it. You got a legitimate hole at third. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that's going to look like yet. Right field right now is some sort of a Hanager can zone platoon. Mm-hmm. And I think I know what Mitch is when he's healthy. I don't know how often that will be. And Canzone's a wild card. He's got some talent, but I don't know whether he's going to live up to it. Mm-hmm. And in left field, you're looking right now at Rayleigh and Dylan Moore. I mean, Dylan Moore was a subpar player last year. Hopefully he bounces back and is more of what he's been. Mm-hmm. And Luke Rayleigh is real boomer bust. Yeah, right? I didn't realize old uh, Luke Arkin sent me a little DM. He's just dropping in my DMs because we're, we're tight like that. Yeah, that when it comes to a left-handed batter, whiff rate versus a right-handed pitcher, he was second to only Joey Gallo. Yeah. Like the dude misses, as you said, like a Oscar Hernandez. Yeah. A lot. Yep. A lot, a lot. And as much as I love 6'4", 240, athletic, and everything else, you know one of my great frustrations is just strikeout, 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 whiff, 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 not even putting the ball in play. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the problem is, Salk, that many of those spots are, what, a year or two from your young positional pipeline players filling a bunch of those spots? Yeah, I mean, you may get a chance to see Colt Emerson by the end of this year, maybe. Mm-hmm. Classe. Yeah, I mean, he, you might see him in August or September this year. You might see Cole Young with around the same timeline, maybe another year after that. I mean, those are possibilities, but they're not going to come up and be immediate Evan Carter kind of contributors. That would be very surprising. Not yeah. impossible, but surprising. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 funny. You can kind of find yourself arguing with yourself on this team where it's like, man, they really do have a great core. 
Yep. They really do have a great nucleus. Julio Rodriguez, Cal Raleigh, J.P. Crawford, Jorge Polanco, and this pitching staff is ridiculous. Yep. And first, third, right, and left right now are question marks for various reasons. And, you know, look, Mitch and and uh, and and Ty, I think we have enough of a knowledge base to have a sense of what they're capable of. But there's a concern with Ty in terms of consistency and Mitch in terms of, of health. Mm-hmm. And then with the other guys, who the heck knows what you're going to get? Mm-hmm. So I'm I I really kind of find myself going back and forth between excited and then really upset, and then I look at where the market is at, and, is this, and you know you emailed us last night. They've got nil going on. I, I screwed up. I somehow wrote nil. Instead I really of, uh, thought like, did I miss? No, this? you didn't. Did, did Shut I re- up? Hold on, name, image, and like Leave now me alone. Thrown, they found a way. Would you please stuff? leave me alone? No, my job is to never it's leave you alone. Rock. What? Jonathan you, Santos? Jonathan Santos? Hey, Justin Barnes? Sure, sure. <laughs> go mean, ahead. Geez. You can take your shots at me, but I'm here to hold you accountable, senor. What are you, Percy Allen? Years. I mean, my gosh, man. I mean, occasionally <laughs> you're going to screw up words. Talk to me about the NIL market and what they're going to do. I am going to talk to you about the RSN market because it okay. is kind of messy and what's going on out there. I don't know whether the market's totally plummeted, but when I see Tim Anderson being offered nothing more than a $2 million deal, there's some hear, form of market difference. When you hear Rafael Devers talking and complaining about the Boston market and the Boston Red Sox not spending money, mm-hmm. something is going on here. Well, he's not the so only one. I mean, I they, looking around, I'm looking around they, baseball, man. Like Baltimore, you know, not really spending. Now they did sell, and the new owner may come in and do differently. Minnesota took a cut to their payroll. Pittsburgh is just an absolute dumpster fire and been a mess. And, you know, you, you can talk about the holes in the Mariners lineup. But, but, yeah. They're still projected to win 87, 85, 86 games. A lot of these teams, Colorado Rockies, want to just absolutely, you know, run their owner right out of town. Mm-hmm. If you think the ownership in the, with the Mariners is rough and tumble, right? Because uh, they go, don't have the core that goes like the Mariners. No, and they don't want to spend, and, and they don't want to compete, and they don't want to spend. It's Pittsburgh. They don't want to spend, right? We know about the payroll. We know about the disaster that Oakland. I mean, you just go through. Is baseball in trouble? And yet, you hear, well, we're going to expand in in a couple years, right? We're we're going to expand, and yet, how many of these teams are just not? spending there is no salary floor there is no consensus and honestly it leaves me i know that this is a good business i know what life sports can do i mm-hmm. know what kind of revenues have come in i feel pretty confident of some of that i think just a lot of these teams are saying the best way to do this is not to spend the best way to do this is not to do what the university of oklahoma did and that's pay every player or what the university of miami is doing yeah i mean that, that's every working player. in baltimore and working in tampa it's not working in colorado right I mean, it hasn't worked there forever i mean it's not working in oakland it hasn't worked there in over a decade i mean like you know that that strategy there is something to be said for I mean, being arizona smart got to a world series didn't spend it i see their owner talking about maybe leaving arizona no he's talking about leaving phoenix big difference leaving the stadium yeah they need a new stadium he's talking mm. about maybe moving to the suburbs mm. as a threat not moving out of the market gotcha so just i saw that the other day and had the same yeah. thought like whoa really no they're just talking about you know it would be like going seattle to bellevue gotcha not like out. going seattle to oklahoma city okay for instance not that that could ever mm-hmm. happen or anything. Okay, like so what are the Mariners doing to take advantage of this market? Well, I mean, the first part is, did the Mariners read it right? Because it, history tells us they don't always read these things right. And sometimes when you think something's about to change and you act accordingly and then it doesn't change, you look really mm-hmm. foolish. Mm-hmm. Do you think they read this right? Read what right? That this the, was coming? The changing market with the RSNs and everything else. 
I don't know if it was necessarily they read it right or they read it wrong. I think it is just the reality that these RSNs have put many teams in and not just themselves. Mm -hmm. I think we thought, as we do myopically many times, oh, this is just a Mariner issue. No, this is not just a Mariner issue. This is a lot of teams and baseball issue. And right now it seems like or it feels like it's a, you know, the Jeff Passons would come in here and say, don't, don't read the headlines. Don't get fooled. There is plenty of revenue. There's plenty of money. This is businessmen crying poor. Mm -hmm. This is them not wanting to spend their own cash. And if they can get, you know, the uh, the head honchos and the league office to start, you know, spraying some cash around and start carrying some of that on their books, better for them than some of the risk of their own. So I tend to probably fall on that. So I don't know if I can say definitively, yeah, yeah, they read it right or wrong. I think they're just kind of right alongside many of their peers and many of their other owners trying to figure out where this is going yeah. to go. I think that's probably well said. And and then to, to piggyback on it, okay, so what does it mean now for what they do to, to finish this thing if they're going to? And I know Hollander spoke with the media yesterday and, you know, was pretty clear, like, hey, we're not having active conversations with anybody. Right now we're maybe looking on the margins. And I think he's sort of referring to Matt Chapman there, and I'm not surprised by that. Mm -hmm. They're not actively talking to Chapman, to, to, to Boris, or anything like that. But... I would certainly hope, and I'm of the belief that they are on the "Hey, stay in touch" band with him. Like, hey, yep. stay in touch. Your market is continuing to disintegrate. We're still here as an option. If there's a one or two year deal to be done, mm -hmm. let's talk. And mm -hmm. they should absolutely be in that spot. I don't want to see them commit long term to Matt Chapman. Quite frankly, I don't want to see that. Does anybody want Matt Chapman long term? Nope. I don't. Nope. But short term. Yeah, he's an upgrade from what you have right now and would absolutely no other make this outfielder. roster better. There's not another veteran outfielder, right? I mean, Bellinger's going to go back to the Cubs. Bellinger's the one a, name. This even, is just a game of chicken between there's, the two. There's a re, you know, I know you've got some questions about, about Chapman. Mm -hmm. There are maybe even more questions about Bellinger. His hard hit rate last year was garbage. There's mm -hmm. a real potential that he really didn't do anything all that special last year mm -hmm. to get back to who he was and then all of a sudden you look at his last three years and it looks like kind of a mess he's not like the brightest player from what i've been told in baseball so i don't know you kind of put some of those things and you're like eh, bellinger's that's probably an even bigger risk than chapman because at least with chapman you know you're getting the defense right and it's a third not in a corner outfield spot so yeah, if I had to choose between the two, and I, I don't love Chapman, I've said it a bunch, yep. I still think that's a safer bet. And also, I think I like the potential of what you have in the outfield better okay, than just, what you have uh, at third. Just a little activity here and just throwing things at the wall a little bit okay. as, as, we do, as we walk through this. Is it possible that this changing market is also because the massive they, – baseball has always had data. It's always had information. But Salk, the level that it is now, as you just mentioned, these barrel rates, these hard hit rates, these swing and miss rates, and just the extraordinary level of detail that the game can now take it to. Mm -hmm. Is it possible that they are realizing, they being the owners and the decision makers, that golly, this is just not worth this kind of money for this veteran player? Mm -hmm. That 10 years ago, when you didn't have the full array of all of that data, you know, you you were willing to just kind of yeah. Look when at, you can see what a twenty six year old who makes seven hundred fifty thousand puts up in terms of yes. contact rate, hard hit rate, yes. foul rate, etc., yes. and yes. then you take a thirty one year old and you see, well, it's just not, or they're very similar on Correct. paper. Correct. Why would I spend eight million, twelve million, twenty million a year on the guy when I could spend seven fifty thousand? That's right. Yeah, that's right. And I don't care what the fans think or the popular pick and some of the noise and all the attention and how Boris is going to try to, you know, uh, warp this narrative. I mean, and that stuff's fine when it works. 
You know what I mean? And like, that's fine when it works. It's not fine, and if if it's a couple of unknowns who who don't. I mean, the Diamondbacks out. got to a World Series last year with a lot of the same kind of young and scrappy. And but you, you want to you want to build how on that? It, how big on was that? their payroll? You want to? Yes, but do you want to build the Diamondbacks and bank on that? I mean, the Diamondbacks were not as good a team as the Mariners last year. No, I, I want to bank on these elite arms. Right. I want to bank on hanging your hat on that. But even with that, you know. Uh, we know the fickle nature and the injury nature of some of these arms too. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it is just a golly, it's just exhausting. <laughs> it truly is when you get to some of these conversations and some of these decisions you got to make. And then, oh, by the way, what just happens? Just like JP took a leap yesterday on my show notes, I was reading it. He took a leap. Cal Raleigh took a giant stride. Mm-hmm. A few others, you know, took a step. What if this year you get that? You could. You could get that from Dominic Canzone. I mean, yes. He's capable of being a pretty good major league player. And by the way, you don't think I didn't that. think anything of him. You know, you can read into a few little things. Guess who he's doing BP with? He's in the cage with Julio and some of the studs. Like, they're throwing him in that mix. They who want is? to see uh, Canzone. Canzone, yeah. Yes. You know, like... We'll get down there and we'll get our eyes on some of this and most importantly, our ears on some of this to just listen to some of this contact and listen to the guys who are a little bit different. But, you know, that's also a huge part. Of you know what yeah. the Diamondbacks had? Uh, Corbin, take a huge, they did. huge leap. You and know what some- else the Diamondbacks had? They played really good baseball at exactly the right time because yeah. a week left in the season, they looked like they probably weren't even going to make the playoffs. And if they had beaten Texas, you yeah. probably would have been in instead. And all of a sudden... They got hot at the right time, and uh, despite it all, we're able to get all the way to the World Series. Oh, it's just baseball. Let's let's finish it up with some ranking today. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwumfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is Ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Sock. Top ten list. I'm not buying it. Ranked. Justin, today we're ranking fives. Yeah, big day for fives today. Dolly Parton, nine to five, went to number one. Jackson Five performed on TV for the first time. It's time to rank fives. All right, fives ranked today, Brock. I'm sure mm-hmm. you know a lot of these. Ooh, you know who this is? You knew that was the five stair steps, right? That was no. something that you know. He knew that. Uh, yeah. I do he know had this. It the whole time. I would have such paralysis by analysis if I had to make decisions in baseball. I know that. It's tough. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you had paralysis by analysis as a quarterback. And I didn't even have any of this data. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go to some British invasion. No, this is not the Beatles. Sort of my favorite secondary British invasion band. You know who this is? the Dave Clark five I didn't want over and over way. bits and pieces no the song no idea who it was. Oh, they're so good the Dave Clark five yeah Dave Clark was the drummer leader of the band you know my Macy's taking the history of rock and roll yeah Smart. she gonna Smart. teach you any of it I hope so okay she can come rank when she's done mm-hmm. oh, not top five no sorry Justin Cinematic classic. Oh, five will really hit the high notes there. Oh, an American tale. <laughs> an American tale. I mean, five goes west gets a lot of credit. American tale was really the, that's where it's at. Does five goes west get credit from anyone other than you? I like five. But, but American Tale is the first one, right? Yeah, Isn't that but the people sequel? Five goes west. Oh, but really? I'm like, man, people don't give enough. I think love I hated an American, American Tale enough that I never saw the second Philly. one. Philly. 
I can't say that I remember much about them, but I liked it. I have no kid. idea what language you guys are speaking. Bible right now. Talking about, uh, you know, Disney movies from the 1980s. You should watch it. Uh, if you've ever read or seen Watership Down, the main character is Fiverr. Perhaps, Brock, you watched Hawaii 5 Or maybe Brock, Party chew, of Five. You chew five gum. Or Babylon Five. I've had five gum. Never. We mentioned this movie uh, for Summer's Ranked last week, but you got 500 Days of Summer. That movie stunk. No, no I really? I love that movie. I'm not even a J- J- Joseph Gordon-Levitt fan. I liked it. I love that movie. Hm. Interesting. Wow, more of a soft take. This is the five-man electrical band, but later covered by Tesla on their album, Five Man Acoustical Jam. So it could have been uh, five for either one of those two if we wanted to. Wow. Yeah, how about that? Oof. Yep. Missed the five and dime. Good call. From the 208, Idaho. Good text. I'm so sad. This is the Maroon 5 song you decided to go with? Yeah, I figured it'd just throw a little curveball. We, play we, we want enough. the water to be stopping this morning. We just want the water to stop. <laughs> All right, let's make the water move Maroon a little. Five. You want a little. You want the water to move a little faster than that. Yeah. There you go. There we go. That's Power Man Five Thousand, Brock. I know you knew that one. Mm, we could go back to the old school for the Five Satins. Of the One of the best uh, breakfast places in town, the Five Spot. The Five Spot, yeah, or Five Point Cafe. Five Points also good. Do you like bacon, Tommy Gunn and Rocky steak. Five? You get a uh, huh? Do you like Tommy Gunn and Rocky Five? Yeah, fine. Actually, I've never seen it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> never no. seen that one. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> that's the Galaxy Five Hundred. Yes, you got Five Finger Death Punch. Take on Bad Company's Bad Company. Did you watch the Daytona 500? Great. I know it was on. Did I've watched watch? it before. Have you? Byron. Byron, get the win. It's only half past 12, but I don't care. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Mm, of course, you got a 5 o'clock Rock. shadow. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't really like this band, but I love this song. So it doesn't quite make the top five. But every year, like right before Christmas... I want to hear this song. I don't know why, because it's a really like sad song. Christmas? I don't know. Like something about like the winter. I want to hear Ben Folds Five sing "Bricks." Oh, Pensive looking speaking outside. Of, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like cold speaking, gray. Speaking of five o'clock <laughs> shadow. Yeah. I saw Paul Gallant with no beard and oh, a five yeah? o'clock shadow. Do you recognize him? No. <laughs> But he looked kind of young and hip. Really? I can yeah. see that. Brock, have you seen, he you is seen young the picture? No. I'll send you the picture. All right. It's amazing. What's it called when it goes between your legs in hockey? Through the five hole. There Through the go. five hole. Five hundred more. Just to oh, be no. the man. This is one of those songs that you won't be able to get out of your head. Will... Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Who was that? That is the Proclaimers. Yeah. I believe. Yep. Uh, Justin, this one's for you. Uh, every kid that played Tony Hawk Pro Skater knows that song. Swinging Utters, baby. Swinging Utters. Are we yes. still not to the top five? No, we're about to be, though. Let's do the top five fives. Top five fives. Hold on. I have to find this one. Where's number five? 
You know, it's not as easy to find sometimes, Brock. They're not like exactly in order. So why don't you kind of cool your jets? Sammy Hagar. Have you ever seen the video for this? ZZ Top, Brock? It's not ZZ Top. It's Sammy Hagar before he was with Van Halen. Really? But after he was with Montrose. Oh. He was with that many? Yeah. We missed a huge one. We did? I'm upset. What? <laughs> what did we miss? I'm going to see if I can pull it up. Oh, my you guys gosh. Keep going. I saw that come in, and I didn't want to say it if it was on your list, but if you guys missed that one, what did we shame miss? on you. Oh, I'm sure we did. Mm. Hmm. I think I know what it is. Yeah, it's a big mess. Really? All right, number four for me. This is Mambo number five. Oh, Mambo number five? No, I think we left that out on purpose. No Lubega. Yeah, no, Lubega's straight up banned. No Lubega. Don't get that one stuck in our heads. Yeah, no, too. that one's out. Number four is Jurassic Five. Charlie Tuna is the best. It's pretty good. That's really, I love J5. I've always loved I that. I don't. Oh, Charlie Tuna came to Pomona yeah. like every week yeah, when we were in school. It was just awesome. Well, you're overruled on this one. Yeah. J5 is awesome. I think you would actually really like them if you listened to them. Really smart, really, I don't know. They're pretty awesome. Yeah, John, you, John I think you Five, like the guitar them. player, too. He was now with uh, Motley Crue. Yes, touring with Motley Crue. Uh, this was one of the ones that actually got uh, this started uh, today and why we are ranking fives. At number three. The song and the movie kind of together. Such a crossover. Is it uh, Dolly and Lily Tomlin in that movie? I don't actually know. You never seen it? Nope. No. Hey, what year was that, Justin? Ooh, the song? Sure. Uh, that would have been Brock. 19. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> So it was right probably where to go. 19, 1981. 1981? Yeah. yeah, I would have thought it was a little later than that. Oh. 1981. That's number three, Dolly Parton and... 9 to 5. 9 to 5. Yeah. All right, number two. This was a tough one. This probably should have been number one, but I went with number two. It's uh, the Jackson 5. five. Yeah, mm. the Jackson 5. Do we have any Jackson 5 here? We do. Huh. It's a disaster. Wow. Well, I don't see the Jackson 5 on here. Whew, interesting. Also got a big miss coming up. Little Jackson 5. Nice. What was our big miss? Before I get to number one. Are you going to say Johnny 5 in Short Circuit? No. Was I supposed to? Number 5 is alive. Five Alive, the old uh, the old uh, juice that you used to be able to get in it's concentrate a hip, it's form. It's a hip hop. Well, I hope so because this is number Did one for me. This is number one, Mora, for sure. Then what's the miss, Justin? Five Guys Burgers and Fries. Oh yeah, I have that on my. Uh, I have that on the miss. I thought you guys so. missed this one. Mm, no, 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 I wasn't going to miss. I got five on it. No way. Uh uh-uh, uh. Nope. <laughs> wasn't going to happen. High five. I, all high right. Five. I think that's my favorite rap beat of all time. Really? It's pretty good. Yeah. I think that's number one in terms that's of beats. That's a hot opinion. There's a few others I, I really like. Dead, dead Prez Hip Hop is probably my favorite. And then it was so creepy when they used it in that Jordan Peele movie. Which one was that? Us? Yeah. yeah I didn't watch that. They used it all slowed He's down. He's too scared for me. Crazy. I'm out on that. Yeah. All right. We're going to go. Bump and Stacey are coming in. They probably have some awesome interview to do again today that maybe we'll use tomorrow. They're that interviewing seems to be the way things go. Today. All right. Yeah. We got to go. Um, tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Till then, the hey. Bye. See you, everybody. Bye. Get to the chopper!